femininity is powerful in all its forms, exceptional women, rare girls must be appreciated in every way for their perspectives, actions, thoughts, and their unique ways of being. Such rare girls are inspiring, and this is what this podcast is all about. Hello, my name is Aziz, and my guest today is Diana Shalashna. Diana is the Flex Alumni Coordinator of Central Ukraine, an English Access Micro Scholarship Program alumna of 2017 and the Flex Alumna of 2018. She is now an international relations and social communications student at Boris Grichenko Kiev University in Ukraine. Diana, how are you today? Hello, Aziz. I'm fantastic. Thank you. I'm happy, honored, and lucky to have you here. And we will discuss many, many topics. But since this podcast is about women and girls, what does it mean for you to be a woman? What is femininity? Is it some type of energy? Is it a behavior? Is it a look? Is it a kind of thing that you can describe in words? Thank you for the question. Indeed, it's really interesting to me because uh, before becoming an exchange student in the U.S., um, femininity for me was being a girly girl, wearing pink, getting flowers for the 8th of March, um, and just cleaning the house and cooking. But after I went to the U.S., I explored that femininity is actually a power uh, women can work uh, whoever they wish to work. They can ra- raise kids. They can, I don't know, make a lot of money, do projects. And it's actually really empowering for me right now. Do you feel very feminine or flexible in how you can approach life? I am not sure if I feel very feminine um, sometimes there are moments when I feel like I am wearing the pinkest color ever. I'm the most feminine girl in the world, but sometimes I'm just a girl fighter who does what uh, gotta be done, some work, and I, I just think I'm flexible, more of a flexible feminine. Thank you. And since we spoke about femininity, what is masculinity for you? How do you experience it and how would you describe it and how do you notice it? It's also actually a really good and thought-provoking question. Masculinity, for me, uh, I don't want to define it with some stereotypical roles. I don't want to say that it's about men who need to work and bring the money and provide the household. Um, For me, masculinity probably is about character maybe some character traits that can be described as a strong person maybe a person who likes to do some various projects or do the projects the way that the most masculine people do for me it's kind of difficult because i don't really have a lot of masculine people who I communicate with in my life, but I definitely don't want to turn to stereotypes. Thank you. And these days with 
you being a Ukrainian with the war happening, how do you feel that chaotic and really, really horrible situation changed you as a person? Did it at first have really negative consequences on your mental health, but you found ways to appreciate life more, to enjoy every moment and see it as special because of how precious it is? Or you are the same, you just are adapting to the situation? I can definitely say that I changed a lot during this time and um, I can be a little bit I don't I want to find some optimistic things. I want to be thankful for the experience just so that I became stronger person um so that I could provide myself with more things that I couldn't do before the war. Uh I think that I adjusted better now. I feel calm, but at the same time I feel a lot of emotions. I can feel hate and actually I find it positive because it gives me a lot of energy and this energy I use to do some good things. So I find that right now all the range of emotions that I'm feeling is good because it gives me some motivation to work, to change something. I'm not calm <laughs> at all. I'm not really peaceful. I'm always up to date with the news, but it gives me energy to move on. Tell me more about that because a lot of modern people complain they don't have energy throughout the day. What's your secret to have more energy? Is it those emotions that trigger the energetic flow within you or do you have a special diet and work out for it or is it genetic or how do you have such a high level of energy in life? Well, actually, I don't have a diet or workout. I wish I could. I actually don't really have energy for that, even though I try every day to wake up and maybe go jogging. Um, but what gives me energy is seeing the horrible consequences of everything that's happening and seeing that my help actually matters. Uh, since we are running a fundraiser with Flex Alumni and I can see the results of the fundraiser, the amount of money we could uh, get, the amount of money we spent, what exactly we bought, it gives me really great examples of what my action can do. So when I see something really bad happening, first, of course, I feel upset, I feel so depressed, but then I think, what can I do? Uh, what can I donate? How can I help? And then all these processes start happening. I start involving people, texting, posting, and it actually helps. If we keep silent, nothing is changing. But if we do say something, if we do reach out to other people, we get the response. So this is my kind of scheme of working right now. Thank you. But then how do you deal with situations and projects where you cannot see immediate results and effects, things that are big and meaningful and significant where you might need five to ten years in order to see the results? Or do you prioritize projects where there is more of an immediate gratification? The project that I'm working right now, uh, and I spend 
a lot of time on it. The fundraiser we're doing, we're collecting money for Ukrainian armed forces. And initially, our goal was $100,000, which, of course, at first uh, sounded like unreal, unrealistic goal. But we were able to already collect $12,000. And uh, we step-by-step buy something, provide our soldiers with something. So I can say it's kind of immediate gratification for me, uh, immediate result, but at the same time, we're working for the bigger goal. Uh, this project never ends. It has just some like stops where we are happy. We are happy with what we've done, but then we give ourselves new goals and we continue moving forward and forward. Of course, there are projects that will last for many years, uh, rebuilding something, um, renewing our architecture maybe, or just anything, any social projects. But I see that the main point is we need to have a big goal and also break it down to smaller goals so we can satisfy ourselves and just not lose all the motivation that we have. Thank you. And speaking about Ukraine and the situation there and all the help you're creating for it, Something that I'm thinking about with so many millions of Ukrainians who have left Ukraine are in Europe, in the UK, in North America too, since it was open for Ukrainian refugees. Do you feel and believe that when the situation is more stable in Ukraine, many of them will return or because they would have started new lives, new studies, new jobs? they will stay outside of Ukraine, which is not so good for rebuilding the country. I have thought about this question for a long time, and I really truly believe that people will come back because we are fighting, so many of us are fighting just to come back to our homes. I think that, of course, some people will stay uh, if they have found some places to study, to work, they might stay. But personally, I... Uh, sometime of my life wanted to move somewhere, maybe to Europe to study, to work, but I have never wanted to stay in Ukraine more than during the war. I never wanted to leave. Unfortunately, I had to just for my own safety, but uh, after everything ends, every person I know want to come back. Maybe one of them just wants to stay, but the statistics say that most of the people have families, uh, male, part of the family in Ukraine, they want to come back to home, of course, to rebuild, even if everything is ruined still. It's our culture, it's our nation. We want to live in our home and not just use the priorities of being immigrants to other countries. Yes, I remember one of the people I spoke with who always wanted to live abroad and to start a life outside of Ukraine. She said, before that, I could choose to live outside Ukraine. But if I'm forced now to do so, I refuse to leave and I want to stay because I don't want to be forced outside of my country. And I felt that very, very much. Another thought, and some thinkers are saying that maybe the society in Ukraine will have a generational trauma where everybody will never ever be the same as before, where there will be a lot more like 
mental health issues even when the war ends and that life will not be the same. Do you agree with this or do you believe that victory and defiance and everything will heal the Ukrainian trauma from this sudden invasion and war and that actually people will be even better afterwards? What are your thoughts? Because some people will say there will be a lot more fear, a lot more PTSD, a lot more such things for this whole generation. I believe that, of course, there will be footprint for the people, for the whole generation. And uh, I think there will be the biggest footprint on people who actually were the victims of everything that happened, who saw uh, people die, who saw uh, buildings being destroyed. It's the worst thing for me. I really cannot imagine how they support themselves right now. But for the whole nation, even specifically for people who were able to get out, who are able to live in a peaceful society right now, I think that we, with some time, we will not forget what's happened, but we will restore our mental health. We will build up on what we have experienced, uh, learn from the experience, and we will just create some better probably protection of ourselves. Uh, I can speak for myself from this point. When I was 13, when I was 12, actually, my hometown, Slavyansk, was invaded. I wasn't there at the moment, uh, really, luckily, but I was there in the summer of 2014, uh, and I could see the military cars, I could see military people, I could see really buildings destroyed, and I heard horrible stories But I lived in the city for the next uh, three years. And I can see that people, of course, didn't forget anything. But they lived happy happy lives. They continued like business, studying and everything else. So I think that it will stay in our memories, unfortunately, or fortunately for future experience. But we will become stronger. Thank you, Diana. As well as, how was this experience personally for you? Because I know for the longest time you decided to stay, you wanted to be there. Did you go through different emotional phases? Do you feel at home now where you are outside of Ukraine? Or do you feel at home but still miss the country? Or do you feel that it's like a culture shock? How was your experience? So for the first week... I was really shocked. I was scared, horrified with everything that's been happening. I was situated near Kyiv, so not in the city, but in a small, if we can say, village. And when we were cut from uh, bank cards, we couldn't pay with them, cut from such basic food as like bread and I don't know meat because people were shocked scared they bought everything to supply themselves I was really scared how we're going to survive Uh, I was scared seeing some missiles flying outside of my window really seeing this it was horrible then I was shocked when we had the first air raid sirens I hide in the bathroom. I was with my grandma and my grandma was really, I don't know how how she did this, but she was 
really calm. So she could sleep next to a window and not do anything. But I was freaking out, running away, covering myself with everything. And maybe my grandma helped my mental health stay on a normal level because she always told me that nothing will happen, just go to bed, because otherwise I was going to spend the night just in the bathroom or anywhere. I was really, I was horrified, but at the same time, I celebrated every victory of Ukrainian army, every, I don't know, uh, destroyed airplane, any... uh, small victory in small towns. I celebrated it to the fullest. And I think the first week was really um, a week when people believed strongly that everything will finish in the first three days, 10 days. We gave ourselves limits, but then uh, it didn't happen. The war is continuing for the 42nd day and we don't know when exactly it will finish. So the next step is just probably stable emotions when we cannot say when it will finish. We still celebrate the victories and we feel the grief for everything bad that's happening. I personally really feel upset when I see the stories from Bucha, from Gostomil, from Mariupol. I can hear stories from my friends. I'm scared for my town because, again, it's in the east of Ukraine. Um, but right now, what I can do, anything that depends on me, I can do it. And I try to help as much as I can. I cannot really go and do anything with the army, but I can supply our army with something. I cannot help uh, homeless people and animals uh, in Bucha, but I can maybe send some money. So I try to calm myself down with this and trying to build a really strong community around myself so we can continue these projects and continue helping our country to fight at the same level as our country does. So right now my spirit is, uh, I would say, pretty energetic. Sometimes I feel hate, but again, it gives me energy, so we continue working. Thank you. What kinds of projects are you involved with with currently in order to help the situation in Ukraine and other people? So maybe a listener could be involved as well. Okay, Uh, so the projects I'm involved in right now are the fundraiser, Flex Alumni Fundraiser, if to be sure that we are collecting money to help our army. Also, I'm doing free English lessons, speaking clubs for teenagers and for adults. These are group lessons that people join, that we can discuss something, practice English for free. It's really important to distract from uh, the war topic because we cannot only focus on this, even though it's surrounding us. We need to practice some more skills. We need to continue studying. I think that uh, education is really important at the moment and we cannot just say no. uh, Now we need to focus only on war. Of course not. Also, we are continuing work with Flex alumni in other projects. I support different online events. I try to promote them so that more people find out about what is happening We do a lot of uh, donations to not only to the army, but just to people in need. And I'm helping um, one of my volunteer friends who is helping 
also small kids. It's a, a interesting story helping small kids and uh, underprivileged families uh, to survive. I can't call it a project specific, my project, but it's also my involvement. So I try to find a fight in different fields and do uh, everything that I can. Of course, I cannot do every everything uh, for Ukraine, but I try to focus on smaller things and to get small victories in each of these steps just to provide bigger uh, success for all people who do at least something and don't just sit and watch. It seems to me it's very important for you, like you said, in every sphere of life to not just sit and watch, but to take action and to make a difference. Is this correct? Yes, it's true. It's It can be some kind of uh, my fault, personal, that I always try to do something I can't sit or I blame myself for not doing anything. Uh, many people call it some kind of maybe a psychological syndrome. I'm not sure. But for me, it's vital to do something. It's vital because this way people uh, don't have time to develop any kind of other uh, psychological maybe problems or um, some kind of negative emotions. If you work, if you put your time and effort into something, you don't have time and energy for anything else. So this is what I'm doing. Just in order not to feel depressed, I'm working, I'm seeing the result, and it helps me not only just to see, to watch, to do nothing, but also I can see that, yes, I'm doing something. Uh, of course, in a global scale, maybe my actions are small, but for the community that I'm doing it for, they can see the result, they can maybe uh, be grateful for what my team is doing. And for me, it's really important. I'm happy it's very important for you and that you're keeping yourself sane and away from depression by making a real difference in this world. What is your expectation for the future of Ukraine? Do you expect this war to end or that Putin and Russia will keep on messing with Ukraine even if they left? Do you believe Ukraine will be a very prosperous country afterwards and that it will be rebuilt even better than before? Do you believe that a lot of Ukrainians became, like one of my guests said, in one second, 10 times more patriotic when the war started? What are your thoughts? I actually have many scenarios for what can happen. They're all hypothetical, but based on some news or articles that I have read, it's true that many Ukrainians became really patriotic, and I'm proud of that. Many people try to speak Ukrainian more, uh, support local economy, and just do anything that they can. Even smaller actions matter uh, if we look at lifelong perspective. But what I think will happen, and I really hope, is that the political regime of Putin will fail. Uh, I hope that the government will change drastically, because, of course, if only Putin goes away, uh, but all of his government continues working, it's going to be the same thing. But we need them to change their government completely. And I hope that this way, maybe they stop stop trying to invade Ukraine over and over because it's really annoying. 
But my biggest maybe hope would be for Russia just to fail as a country completely, maybe to break into pieces, you know, because if we look at Russia, it's, it's a huge country with many, many nationalities, with many languages, uh, with just many cultures, and I cannot understand how they coexist together. In fact, nobody can say if they really can coexist together. Maybe they are just surviving which I think as a matter of a fact, it happens. And if we look in the Russian army, Putin is sending uh, the army from Chechen Republic, from really, uh, really, really Eastern regions. And they are not, and they are Russians that he is not uh, sad to send. He is just like, okay, you can go because I don't have any pity for you. It's also racism happening right now because people are not valued in any point by the government. So I hope that just Russia will completely fail and break into regions and these regions will never unite and come for Ukraine again. Um, I hope that Ukraine will rebuild itself with the help of our strong people. I know many people who want to... uh, who want to volunteer their time, their effort to rebuild everything with their own hands. And in fact, I'm really interested in this topic too. I would really like to rebuild with my own hands. Even if I have no experience, I can, I can study this subject. And with the help of other governments, European government, we can also do that. So my biggest hope is that Ukraine will prosper become a country example for the whole world that we gave such uh, such a strong mm, fight for Russia, such a strong answer, and we didn't let happen what Russia wants to happen. So basically, the best wishes uh, are for Ukraine, and I will continue encouraging people to come back and to rebuild it, to to build a great, great nation. Thank you. And for those people, like you mentioned, who want to volunteer or to help in different ways, how do you recommend they get involved? And those who might be depressed now from Ukraine because of the situation, what is your advice for them? So my job uh, is actually all the time getting people involved uh, in some kind of projects that I have been doing for a long time. So I think that uh, there is an organization in Ukraine. It's called BUR, Buduemo Ukraine Razum, or Building Ukraine Together. And it's been functioning for a long time. Actually, they are starting to call for volunteers and for architects to create projects. I think that many people uh, of my acquaintances who are interested uh, in creating architectural projects, how the buildings will look to actually go and build something, uh, will do that. And my community, my maybe followers, the people who uh, maybe read what I'm writing, uh, they're listening to what I have to say, I will also encourage them to join Everyone, uh, even my European friends, say that after all of this finishes, we will come and build it with you because we are watching this horror happening and we want to help you restore just like the other countries did during after the Second World War. And for the people who are depressed and who feel like we're coming back to a ruin 
and that we will not have anything. I want to say that it's not true because uh, after the uh, war happening in the east of Ukraine, in Slavyansk, it was ruined. Uh, there were, again, a lot of buildings just crashed, but people rebuilt it and made even better city. So after we rebuild Ukraine, we will see even better results, even bigger, I don't know, cities, more beautiful, greener, more accessible for people. Uh, Slavyansk has became one of my favorite cities, honestly. So after we come back, we will create even better. So everyone who is listening, please uh, don't be depressed. Uh, we have trust in you and we will make it even better. Thank you, Diana. It was a privilege, an honor and a great time. And I wish you peace and Slava Ukraini. Thank you, Aziz. It was a privilege for me to be a guest. Heroim uh, Slava. And uh, everyone, let's fight. Please don't give up.